Good morning, church. Welcome this morning to the house of the Lord. We're excited to worship the Lord this morning. There's been so much stirring up this morning that I am excited. I have my anticipation for God's presence has been growing. How many of you know that sometimes there's so much resistance to getting into his presence? When you feel that, you press in just harder, harder, knowing, boy, there must be something good. There must be something good, and God is good this morning. So go ahead and stand up with me. Let's prepare our hearts to come into the presence of God, to worship with joy, to worship with awe and reverence this morning. Pastor Jason. Amen. Just as Pastor Liz said, we have, there's a direct correlation that we have seen. So I'm like, I'm an engineer by background, right? So statistics and, and things that are linked and correlations are this. The harder the resistance, the more challenges that come against a church service before it begins, the more we see God move in the church service that immediately follows all that stuff. So, guys, how many of you guys are ready to experience what God has in store today? Amen? I'm going to do a call to worship out of Psalm 95. And I'm going to read verses 1 through 5, and then we're going to read verse 6 together says this, O come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. Let us shout joyfully to him with psalms. For the Lord is great and the great king above all gods. In his hand are the deep places of the earth. The heights of the hills are his also. The sea is his, for he made it. And his hands formed the dry land. Together, let's say this. O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. Father, we just come before you today. We thank you for your presence that's already here. We thank you, Lord, that you promised when two or more are gathered, you're with us. So, Lord, you're here with us. We come to worship you, to turn our eyes to you. Every situation and circumstance we walked in with, Lord, we lay it aside. We take it out of our minds now to focus completely and totally on you. We worship you, Lord. We're thankful for you, Lord. And we give you all the honor and the praise and the glory. In your precious name we pray. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's worship. At this time, church, we're going to come to the table and uh, partake of communion together. Uh, the, the communion elements are up here. They are stacked on top of each other. So there's two cups. The bottom cup has the, the little cracker, and the top cup has the juice. So you just pick them both up together. And the middle plate is the gluten-free. So if you're gluten-free, there is communion for you. Um, During this time, what we do is dismiss you, and you come down these aisles straight toward the table, and you take your elements and circle back to your seats and hold on to those elements, because we're going to partake of communion together. Pastor Jason will come up. We'll read from the Word. Um, Maggie's not waiting to be dismissed, and that's cool. She's comfortable coming to her father's table. I love it. I love it. She's like, I don't need permission, and she doesn't. She doesn't need permission to come to the table. Um... So this morning, as we were praying before service, I just had such a burden um, for the body of believers, for the community of believers. And when we come to the communion table, we come as one body, as one body. 
Um, and as one body, we partake of the juice, which represents the blood of Jesus, the forgiveness of our sins, and the bread, which, which represents the body broken. This week, I was having pain in my hip that just won't go away. And so often I pray and I plead the blood of Jesus. I cover myself with the blood of Jesus. And I began to pray and I realized, you know what? I plead the broken body of Jesus. His body was broken for my physical healing. So I began to stand. So often we stand on the blood of Jesus. And I realized, you know what? His body is what was broken for my physical healing. And so it was just like this little thing that the Holy Spirit did with me this week that I wanted to share with you before we came to the table But church, let's come as one body to the table this morning, partake of the blood in the body of Christ, and really claim and stand in all that it is for us this morning. So go ahead. I dismiss you to get your um, elements. Church, as I was thinking about communion this morning, I mean, you know, we're in the Advent season, and we're in the season of preparing our hearts in preparation for Jesus is coming. Now, of course, we know this happened 2,000 years ago, but every year we get to prepare ourselves again because church, we say this all the time, what happened 2,000 years ago is as real today as it was then. The power of his birth, of his death, of his resurrection is as powerful today as it was then. And he gave me a scripture that we all know and love and have heard and have seen at football games up in the stands. But it says this, for God so loved the world. Just what Pastor Andy was saying. For God so loved us, me, you. He loved you so much that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn this world, but that the world through him might be saved. What a precious, wonderful, not just promise of scripture, but a reality that has happened. That is as real as my hands in front of my face are. He came his body broken, his blood shed for our healing and for our forgiveness so that we have an opportunity to be with him for all of eternity. We were doing Advent last night with the kids and one of the, you know, in the book, you know, you read questions to the kids and the kids' answers always are Jesus, right? You know, they they answer every question in Bible class and Bible school, Sunday school, like, what's the answer? Ooh, daddy, 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 I know, Jesus. You know, oh, daddy, daddy, I know, God. Oh, I know, I know, I know, Jesus, right? Well, th- the answer to this question last night was eternity. And Eva raised her hand. I know she can't be here. I think she's watching online. And she said, dad, dad, the answer is eternity. And just the way she said it and the way she moved her arms when she said it, it just moved me to realize that what he did, what we're about to partake in, has changed my life for eternity. For eternity. In his arms, in the arms of a loving God and Father. How can we just not thank Jesus for this? So I want to partake together this morning. Let's just take a minute to reflect on what I just said. 
the power of what we are doing this morning. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Jesus, we thank you for what you've done to come to this earth to live a sinless life, to go to the cross, to have your body broken, your blood shed for me, for us. That you've made a way that we can have a relationship with God the Father for all of eternity. Lord, we thank you for that. We keep that our focus this morning in your precious name. The Bible says, For I receive from the Lord that which I also deliver to you. The Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it. And he said, Take, eat. This is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us partake. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let us partake. Stand with me. We're going to continue to worship the Lord. The altars are open here this morning. Heavenly Father, we just come before you, thanking you for your goodness. Thank you, Lord, for your sacrifice. Thank you, Lord, that you love us, that you love us. Lord, and we just come and we adore you today. In your precious name we pray, amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Mm-hmm. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Father, we worship you today. We glorify you, Lord. We come before you. Lord, in your presence, everything changes. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Let's just pray, Father. We just thank you, Lord, for your goodness, Lord, for sending your Son. Father, we thank you for this time of Advent, this time of preparation for your birth, Lord. Father, we just want to come and adore you each and every day. We thank you that you are with us, you are for us, that you never leave us, and you never forsake us. We thank you for it. In your precious name we pray.
Andy just shared, it made me think of those shirts, which were kind of um, very in a couple years ago, and they had the sequins on the front. Everyone with kids knows what I'm talking about. And it would be, you'd, you'd look at the shirt, and it would be like a unicorn or something. And then you push the sequins up, or maybe they were up, and you push them down. And suddenly the unicorn turns into like a narwhal, or, you know, and there's no sign. It, it can be a completely different color. So when Pastor Andy was talking about that, it was like, we all, I wish we could all just like go through life with shirts on so we know like who, where each other are at, right? Um, but it's like we were once, we were once full of sin, so black, right? But Jesus comes and if you, you just push that down, it's completely white. There is no sign of the black. The sequins are just, it's amazing, right? I just like the shirts. I never bought them because they just like, eh, it's like a toy on your body. But what I'm saying is, is if we walked around, if we could see on the outside what is going on on the inside, you know, I walk around and say, oh, I know God loves me. I know God loves me. And if it was on the outside, <laughs> like, yeah, what's this over here then? Come on, Liz. Let's, let's remember. We always need to be reminded. I feel like I need to wake up each day and remind myself, clean. Let's get, it's all clean. Look it. Look in the mirror. It's white. It's white. It's white. And we don't wear those shirts. We don't do it that way. So we wake up and the enemy sometimes, man, he just gets churning the thoughts, you know. And we have to discern our thoughts. I think we talked a lot about that last week. Lord, open my eyes. Give me a spirit to discern what is of you and what is not. What is truth? Because it's the truth of the love of God, of who he is, that is going to... um, just put our feet on the rock. He's going to realign our heart and our thoughts to his word and bring us into victory no matter where we are and what we're going through. He's with us, for us, and his love never changes. Okay. We're going to go into a time of greeting uh, right now. Um, Just a time to talk to one another, encourage one another, say hi. Um, We're also, if you have your tithes and offerings, during this time, the buckets are up front. You can bring your tithes and offerings with joy um, to the Lord this morning. If you uh, have a child, we have the nursery open, ages one to three. We have Littles Ministry, ages four, five, and six. The family room is across the lobby, and that is open if kids get squirmy during the message and parents um, parents need to stay with their kids in that room. It's not like a, it's not a, a room where kids are supposed to be by themselves. Um, so there's that. And then also Kid Corner. ECF Kids, you know the drill. You've got your bag. If you're a guest, I have a special bag. Um, based on the age, there's just different things in there that are fun. Keep the kids occupied while they're listening to the message. Anything else? I think that's, I think that's it. Let's, let's love on one another. Hello. There we go. How's everybody doing? Get some chatting going on? We got a few announcements for this morning. Quickly here. All right, so first announcement um, Christmas Eve this year is on a Saturday. And so our Christmas Eve service will be on a Saturday, the 24th. And we're actually going to have it kind of earlier at 4 o'clock in the afternoon, late afternoon, early evening. So come at 4 o'clock, and we'll have our Christmas Eve service and everything. Um, are we doing cookies? Popcorn. Okay. 
So there will be some, there will be some, yeah, popcorn and things afterwards. And um, there is not going to be a Sunday morning service on Christmas Day. Okay, so Christmas Eve will be our our gathering and our service, and then Christmas morning, you're welcome to be with your family, go wherever you need to go, and uh, and just enjoy the holiday together. So. And then this uh, Wednesday, we have our prayer and worship night. This is a night for us to come. It's at 7 p.m. You can come here. We, we uh, play some songs and just worship the Lord and pray. You can come and go as you please. But, um, yeah, please make it, uh, if you can come out, um, come out. And we usually go from about, uh, I'm sorry, it starts at 6.30, and then it goes till about 8 o'clock. So, as I said, you can leave whenever you need to. But it's a great time for us just to gather together and to pray because the Lord hears our prayers. Amen? And um, I don't know about you, but I have been stirred in my heart that I need to pray. I, it seems like this all the time. We need to pray more, right? And uh, just pray and seek the Lord for everything. And so this is a great opportunity for us to do that. And then the last announcement is um, our small group, Women to Women, usually meets the second and fourth Saturday of every month. This month, because the second uh, meeting would be on Christmas Eve, they're going to cancel it. So there's just going to be one meeting this month for Women to Women, which is um, on the 10th, Saturday the 10th, and then um, nothing on the 24th, and then it will pick up uh, back in January on the 2nd and 4th of each month. All right? Sound good? All right. All right. May ready to continue to worship the Lord with our tithes and offerings. Amen. I love that. Can we pray more and worry less? If that's the only message you take away from this morning. It's pray more, worry less. Yeah? That's biblical. There's a lot of foundational scriptures you can look up. That's a basis of all that. But in this holiday season, man, oh man, oh man, it seems like the Anxiety, the angst, the stress, the timing, the parties, the presence, the, all the organization and coordination and meetings and all the stuff. Could we just pray more and worry less? Should be like our theme, our Christmas Eve theme. <laughs> pray more and worry less. Amen. All right. Uh, my scripture here for tithes and offerings, 2 Corinthians 9, starting in verse 10, says this. Now may he, capital H-E, the Lord, he who supplies the seed to the sower. And I read that and I was just like, whoa, 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 wait a second. So these tithes and these offerings and these seeds and the harvest and all this stuff, it all starts with him. It just starts with him. He's the one who provides the initial seed before, the, before you can even plant it in the ground, before it gets watered, before it grows, before the fruit comes off, and all these other things that we get to enjoy because of how good he is. It says he. Now may he who supplies the seed to the sower and bread for food, that he will supply and multiply the seed that you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. Amen? He is a providing God. He is Jehovah Jireh, my provider. Is he that to you this morning? Amen. Let's thank him for it. Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord, that you are our provider. We thank you, Lord, for every gift, every giver this morning. 
We thank you, Lord, that you are the one who supplies the seed. You supply the seed, meaning money, whatever it is, Father God, in our life, you are the one that supplies it, Lord. And Father, we just pray, Lord, that you would open our ears to hear and our eyes to see what you have to say to us this morning. We thank you, Father, for your goodness and faithfulness to us. In your precious name we pray. Amen? Amen. Okay, turn with me, open up your Bibles to Mark chapter 5. And I'm going to get there in a little bit. I want to do just a quick intro to the series that we are on, uh, that we have been talking about probably, I don't know, two months now maybe? I don't remember exactly when I started it, and I don't know when I'm going to finish it. So you're in for the long haul, okay? This believer's authority is something that the Lord has really put on my heart, but as we know, it hasn't just been my heart, it's been the heart of many churches and many ministers across the globe. It's something that God is really speaking to us on, and this believer's authority really affects every area of our life. It really has an impact in every area of our life, whether it be relationships, finances, uh, health and wholeness, our jobs, everything. There's so much is packed into it. And so I want to unpack it a little bit each, each week by week. I don't want to rush through it, uh, and I want to make sure we get it. So the key scripture, and I, you're in Mark 5, I get that, but this is Mark 16. This is kind of the keynote scripture for this uh, whole series says this. And these signs meaning these things we should see or are a part of our life or as we walk around, these are the things that should happen around us. These signs will follow those who believe. If you believe, then these signs should follow us. It says, in my name, so in that believer's authority, in, my, in his name, not our strength, not our power, his power, his strength, working through us. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. These are the signs that follow the believer. And I think a lot of us, including myself, when I read this, I was just like, wait a second. I'm looking behind me for these signs. Are these really happening in my life? Am I seeing this on a daily basis? Am I seeing the manifestation of the believer's authority day in and day out of my life? And quite honestly, I answered the question to myself. It was no. And I said, whoa. Wait a second. You mean the pastor of the church isn't seeing these signs? What about, what about, and and the Lord clearly said, it's not whether or not you're the pastor of the church. This is the believer's authority. It's not the five-fold ministry authority. It's not the pastor's authority, the evangelist's authority, the apostle's authority. It's the believer's authority, which means me and all of us who believe should see these signs follow us in our life. And so what is a believer? Anyone who holds a strong, a very strong, unwavering belief in the truth of something. And I keep putting this, this definition up because it's the believer's authority. So until you get this, the authority, there's nothing there. 
It's like, that's why I worded it, the believer's authority. You have to be a believer. You have to understand what it means. You have to have faith in it. You have to have faith in the name of Jesus. You have to have faith that God is who he says he is and that he will do what he says he will do. You have to have that faith. Pray more, worry less. We have to trust in him fully, unwaveringly. And a lot of us, including myself, there are certain circumstances and situations where I can believe. And there are others where sometimes I struggle to believe. Come on, how many know that's true? You're like you've got certain areas in your life and you have victory there and you just see things moving and you're just like, man, I got all the, I just feel it. I believe, I completely believe in faith for this. And it's like, no problem. I got total faith in finances. I got it. God's got this. I'm good. I'm good. But then it comes to healing. And maybe, you know, you didn't get healed the last time someone laid hands on it. You start to wonder and you start to think, well, does God really heal? Does he really want to heal? And you begin to have doubt and unbelief and you're wavering. You begin to waver. And so all of us have this journey in all these different areas of our life that we're working on. And we don't always get it right away because faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God and hearing and hearing the word of God. So we want to build up our faith in the believer's authority. Then we have to look at the scriptures that build our faith in this area of the believer's authority. So what is this authority? This is a delegated power. It's not ours. It was delegated to us by him. To us by him. And it means we now have the right to command and enforce obedience because he's the one backing it. God is the one backing this authority. Just like the police officer, he puts his hand or he or she puts the hand up in the intersection. Most of the time, y'all stop. Right? Right? You don't, you don't, you know, fly around the police officer in the middle because there is an authority that's back there because if they say stop, you got to stop. And if not, there's consequences. And so now that we have the same authority to do the things and these signs that we see, when we get into a situation where something is not in line with the word of God and there is some, a force that is working against it, a demonic force or an evil force, we as a believer... If we have unwavering faith in the situation, who God is, and he'll do what he says he will do, we can change that situation because of his power and authority that operate through us. And so power is defined as the ability to act or produce. It's this strength. So this authority is the right for us to exercise and our ability to act. Do you know, church, faith without action is what? Man, we can believe all day long. You know, if you're believing for a job and you just sit there in your, on, your, on your couch, you find your, you know, your prayer place, you just sit down and say, Lord, I'm believing for a job. In the name of Jesus, bring a job. Jesus, job. Jesus, job. Thank you, Jesus, for the job. And you can pray that. But if you never actually get up out of the couch and walk over to the laptop and say, hmm, let me start on writing my resume. And I have the faith, but if I have not the action to go with it, then it's, the Bible says it's dead. So the same thing with the believer's authority. We may believe that we can cast out demons. And may, we may believe all these things can happen. We can lay hands on the sick. But if we don't take some action, church, 
We're the ones to take the action. Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father. He's not coming down personally to take care of a situation in your life. He has delegated the power and the authority to us to be able to do it. So we have to take action in our life. So I want to give you a quick update on my, here, let me just read John 16, Because guess what, guys? This verse is very true in our lives. These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. Hallelujah. I love he starts it with that. Just disciples, Jesus is speaking to his disciples. Hey, in me you will have peace. Because guess what? In the world, how many of us are in the world right now? I know you might be high on some, you know, flying high after worship in the spiritual sense. But you're still in the world. You're here. I see you. We're here. Right? In this world, you will have tribulation. This is Jesus speaking. He's like, it's going to happen. You don't get to walk through life with everything going perfectly all the time. You're like, and a lot of times, the scary part is, is when people give their hearts to Jesus and they say, hey, I'm going to make Jesus my Lord and Savior. Somehow they think that that means everything magically just begins to work out in their life. Now, we have the Holy Spirit that has wisdom. God anoints us, and he shows us, and he leads us. And our life absolutely improves on many, many levels. But it doesn't mean we get to just walk through life with absolutely zero challenge. There is. It says you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Hallelujah. Celebrating his birth, celebrating his resurrection. Because of all that, he has overcome the world. And so we, too, get to overcome the world. So... The sleep apnea journey, so those who have been here during this uh, series know that I have uh, had challenges uh, with sleep apnea. Anybody knows what sleep apnea is, right? It's the middle of the night, or you're falling asleep, and you stop breathing, and you take this big, <clears throat> they capture this big breath of air, uh, and it's very annoying, it's very alarming, uh, it's not great in any way. And what was happening is, I was like, look, in the name of Jesus, the Bible says I can have sweet sleep. It says I will lie down and sleep, for you alone, Lord, make me dwell in safety. And so I'm quoting the scriptures, I'm believing, I'm saying in the name of Jesus, and guess what? The sleep apnea didn't stop. And so I begin to ask questions, Lord, why not? You said, and I just begin to say, Lord, is there something I should be doing differently? Holy Spirit, lead me in another way. Is there something you want to reveal to me and show me? And, and is there something else you want me to go do? And so the past two weeks, uh, that God has just been working. He's been revealing things to me. He's been showing me things. One of the things he showed me, I was reading an article. Come on, guys. You can Google some things periodically. Be spirit-led in it. I was reading an article, and it was 10 things you do for sleep apnea, and one of the things was that it was from acid reflux, and I realized it just pinged. I was like, I wonder if that's one of the reasons, Lord. And then I read an article on how to address and deal with acid reflux, and it was like, you know, get yourself up at an elevation, do these, and there's two things pinged at me of like the 20 things you could do. It was put your bed at an angle and don't eat after dinner. I was like, okay, it just pinged. So I began to do those things. And night after night, I began to sleep through the whole night. And then there was a night where I didn't sleep through the night. And I was like, what's going on? 
And if you guys remember, the past two weeks, I encouraged all of you to go home, to walk around your house, to go through your bedrooms, to declare in the name of Jesus anything that's in here should not be in here, that if there's any forces of the, of the enemy, of demonic force, they need to go in Jesus' name and begin to anoint the doors and the windows with oil and anoint your house. And I told you guys all to do that. Yeah. And then Liz asked me, she goes, well, did you do that at our house? And I was like, well, I did it when we moved in seven years ago. And I did it when Jairus was having trouble sleeping a couple years ago. And the Holy Spirit was like, hello. Just because you did it seven years ago doesn't mean you have to, you don't get to, you have to do it again. And so I got, I was like, whoa. And I jumped up, I got my oil. I don't know if it was right after you said it or whenever, but I was like, I'm going around this house in the name of Jesus. This house will have sweet sleep. And nothing, no demonic forces or evil forces in the name of Jesus will come near us and will do anything to us. So I started walking around, declaring that, praying over my home, praying over every bed, praying over everything. And can I tell you, church, that for the past four or five nights, I have not had one episode at all of sleep apnea. Hallelujah. Give great, by the glory of God. So the pastor should like do the things he says to do. Shoot. It's like God's holding me accountable like for my own messages. Like, that's great, Pastor Jason. How about you do what you say and you tell everybody else to go do? I'm like, hmm, that's a pretty good idea, right? So I did, and to say to all of you, to encourage you, don't be like, well, I did that before. The Holy Spirit is leading you. Do it again. Get the oil out again. Start pouring it out. Come on, church. Don't let anything come against your home and your relationships and your marriages and your kids. I went around. I anointed every single bed with oil. And in fact, one of the kids, I won't mention their name, who was actually also having trouble sleeping, who wouldn't stay in their bed the whole night, hasn't got out of their bed one time since I did that. So there was something. I don't know what it was. There was something in my home that wasn't allowed and supposed to be there that was there and it had to go and it's no longer there. And, our, and I will continue. And if for some reason I wake up with some kind of sleep apnea, I, all right, Lord, what's going on? What's next? Here we go. This is a battle, guys. This is a fight. We got to fight for these things. Amen? You got to put on the full armor of God. Okay. Mark chapter 5. Oh, Ephesians 6, real quick, just so we remember this. We've been talking about this first verse in this, Mark, about they will cast out demons. So here, Ephesians 6, 12. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness in this age, against the spiritual hosts and wickedness in the heavenly places. This is where our battle is at. Not against our spouses or kids, our co-workers or bosses. The battle here is against the enemy. And the Bible promises us in Luke that we have power over all the power of the enemy. So Mark 5, I'm going to read this story uh, of Jesus. I'm going to just, I'm going to read it kind of quickly because I got a lot of things I want to do this morning and get through. But it says this, Mark 5, starting in verse 1. Then they came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gardenese. And when he had come out of the boat... So Jesus came out of the boat. Immediately there met him. Out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit. Interesting. The, the scriptures we looked at last week is 
immediately the demonic forces and the demons know Jesus right away. Boom. They know. It's like immediate. Jesus I know. Paul I know. What about you? Looking in the mirror. What about you? Verse 3. This is a man that came with an unclean spirit who had his dwelling among the tombs and no one could bind him, not even with chains. This was a strong demonic force on this man. Verse 4. Because he had often been bound with shackles and chains and the chains had been pulled apart by him and the shackles broken in pieces, neither could anyone tame him. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs crying out and cutting himself with stones. This man was possessed by a demon. It was controlling his life. And when he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and worshipped him. And it's interesting, the scripture here is the man ran and worshipped him. There was something on the inside of this man that knew who Jesus was and what Jesus could do. He ran and he worshipped him. And then it says, then he cried out. If you look at other translations, now it's the demon now takes possession. Even though this guy came and was beginning to, to bow down and worship Jesus, the demon then cries out with a loud voice and says, what have I to do with you, Jesus, son of the most high God? He knew it was Jesus. I implore you by God that you do not torment me. Come on. This demon says that Jesus, and now us as believers, we actually can torment them. We can torment the devil. We have this authority where we can now torment the devil. How many of you walk around like, wake up, man, today I'm going to torment the devil. Like, we don't think like that. We're just like, Lord, help me get through today, please. Right? Come on, we've all had that prayer, too. It's like, dear God, so many meetings. So many meetings, so many things to do, just help me through the day. But the Bible also says, yeah, we should pray those prayers. He's with us every day. He'll never leave us and forsake us. But the demon was actually like, please don't torment me. Please don't cast me out. Please, please. I'm happy where I'm at. This is great. I'm tormenting this guy. And for he said to him, come out of the man unclean spirit. So Jesus spoke to it, and then the demon actually talks back and says, whoa. And he asked, hey, what is your name? And the demon answers saying, my name is Legion. It's interesting. This means many. This means like thousands. Legion. For we are many. Verse 10. And he also begged him earnestly that he would not send him out of the country. Now a large herd of swine was feeding there near the mountains. So all the demons begged him saying, now it's all the demons. The legion of demons. Many begged him. Saying, send us to the swine, send us to those pigs, that we may enter them. And at once Jesus gave them permission, and the unclean spirit, look at Jesus gave them, Jesus is in control of the situation. He's deciding, Jesus is deciding, you know what, if I don't want to send you to those pigs, I'm not going to send you to those pigs. Like he was in charge completely of the situation. Send us to the swine that we may enter them, and at once Jesus gave them the permission Verse 13, then the unclean spirits went out, entered the swine. There were about 2,000. Then the herd ran violently down the steep place into the sea, and they basically all drowned in the sea. Skip to verse 15, then it says this. 
So, you know, people are just like, man, people are starting to talk about this. What the heck's going on? They came out to see Jesus and saw the one who had been demon-possessed and had the legion sitting and clothed in his right mind. And the people were afraid. Guys, when we are operating in the spiritual realm, it makes people nervous. It does. And, and we have to be aware of that. We have to, you know, not be prideful or arrogant about it, but we have to be aware of what is happening in situations. But it does. It makes people nervous, especially those who aren't spirit-filled who don't understand what's going on. And if you skip down then to verse 19, so they begin to plead him that he needs to go, please get out of here. But this is verse 19. However, Jesus did not permit, this is the guy who wanted to travel with Jesus. He said, go home to your friends and tell them the great things the Lord has done for you and how he has had compassion on you. The Lord, church, has compassion on us, on those who are struggling, who those who have challenges. And sometimes we run into these people and they're like, you know, like, oh, the Lord has compassion on them. And he's put us in a place to be able to help, to speak life into their life and to speak into their worlds. So I'm going to talk a little bit more this morning uh, about demons. Uh, for those who are guests here and stuff like that, you know, we don't always dwell on demon and demonic forces, but I believe that in this time and in this period, in this season that we are at in America, in the, in the grand scheme of the world, we have to understand this as believers. We have to understand what's going on, what to do about it, and in the situations that we are faced when it comes to it. So here's a couple things that I want to just talk with you about. There are four levels... There are four levels of a demon's kind of intrusion into someone's life. And the very first level is this. It's infestation. If we can put that up there, there's four levels. Infestation is the first level of this. And what it basically is, it's basically what we talked about last week. It begins to infest in areas in, into material objects into our home. And you remember the dog barking in the corner at the... At the um, uh, that heirloom that was passed down from generation to generation and found out that there was witchcraft involved in that actual heirloom, right? So there's this manifestation of things, of uh, this infestation. So these are sounds, these are things moving. In fact, I, we've talked with people and prayed with people who've had legit sounds and things moving in their home. Crazy stuff going on. But guess what? In the name of Jesus, that demon has to go. It can no longer stay here. In fact, we prayed for that family right here from the Rose Center and said, because there's no distance in the spirit. We prayed right here from the Rose Center and said, no more in the name of Jesus. And you go home and take your oil, anoint that place, and that thing has to go. And it didn't come back. So there's this infestation. The second one is oppression. There's an oppression. So infestation, there's levels. They go deeper and deeper. Oppression. These, it's like a stepping up of a physical attack. Sleep disturbances, anxiety, challenges, problems, relational issues. There's this oppression from the enemy on our lives. And guess what? As a Christian, as a born-again believer, you can be oppressed by the enemy. And the last, the most, the deepest one is possession, which I believe you cannot be because Jesus Christ is your Lord. And in there, I, don't, I believe that you cannot be possessed, but you can be oppressed by the enemy and by evil forces. 
And I think as Christians, we walk around and say, well, the enemy, you know, he has no authority or no right. And that's true. But unless we take our authority and we begin to take a stand on things, there is oppression that comes in on our life. Because the enemy's got a plan. If, if the enemy's not working against you, then you're not a threat to him. We talked about that last week. When, before this church service, there was, there was all kinds of things trying to come against this church service. All kinds of stuff. And we knew, we was like, you know what? Hallelujah. Come on, Lord, what you going to do today? Because the enemy was trying to come against it. The next one is this uh, thing called obsession. It's like it's even deeper. It's a further having a hard time functioning in your life, suicidal thoughts, stuff like that. And then the last one is possession. So it's infestation, oppression, obsession, possession. This possession is now a fully taking over. And really your free will is not removed because that's how God created us, but it really gains control over our life. I believe as a spirit-filled Christian that you cannot be possessed. Some people may debate me on that, but we'll just leave it at that for now. So here are some signs. Here are some signs. And I want to be very care careful and clear on this. That you may have some demonic oppression in your life. May. Now I'm not claiming or saying that if I read one of these things, you'd be like, Ooh, that's me. Ooh, that resonates. Ooh, I'm not saying it's, it's demonic oppression on every one of these cases. But for me, if I have any struggle with any of these, I want to make sure, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that there is no demonic oppression in my life and it has to go in Jesus' name. So if you're with me here this morning and you're listening, and even if something pings you a little bit, it's okay. Do not feel bad. Don't be like, oh my gosh, I'm checking out. This is getting too weird. I'm getting too nervous about it. Don't check out this morning. Because even if you're a Christian, even if you believe, it doesn't mean that the enemy doesn't have some inroads or some portion in your life, and it has to stop, and it has to go. So here are some signs that you might have some demon attacks in your life. Attacks in your sleep. Yeah, I put that first. Because here I am. I was having attacks in my sleep. Part of it was this acid reflux. Part of it, obviously, was some kind of demonic attack. Because the acid reflux, things I changed, didn't completely stop it until I walked around the house and I anointed it with oil and I said, no more in Jesus' name. So this is not just, well, this is, you know, this is for somebody else. This is for all of us. Attacks in your sleep. In dreams, you might be seeing dead people, being chased, dying in a dream, no peace in your sleep. Any type of attack in your sleep might be there is some kind of demonic oppression. And it has to go in Jesus' name. And we're going to pray over all these things in just a minute. Mental oppression. Another sign. Mental oppression. Your mind is under attack. Intrusive thoughts, tormenting thoughts, compelling spirits, suicidal thoughts. That all these things that the enemy is just declaring war over your thoughts over and over and over and over. It could be a demonic oppression trying to come after your life. And it has to stop in Jesus' name. Controlling negative emotions could be depression, anxiety, resentment, unforgiveness, misery, fear, self-destructive behaviors or thoughts. Again, I'm not saying if you have any of these, you are possessed or oppressed by a demon. I'm not saying that. Please hear me. 
But these are things that the enemy uses to come against believers and unbelievers. You see it all the time in unbelievers. A desire, an intense desire, the fourth one here, an intense desire for defiled things, things that aren't holy. Intense want for drugs, alcohol, gambling, addictions. Another one, can't tame your tongue. The Bible says life and death are in the power of the tongue. It also says it's the most, the hardest thing, <laughs> the hardest thing to control is our tongue. Chronic lying, exaggeration, cursing, gossiping, blasphemy. If this is something that happens in your life over and over and over, we need to tell it to stop in Jesus' name. If it's because of a demonic force, it's got to stop. It's got to go. You have to take authority over it. This is not, the believer doesn't walk around with these things in their life. Sexual perversion. I know there's some kids in here, so I'm not going to go into all the details about it, but you get that one fairly clear. Involvement with an occult. If you've ever been to a fortune teller, a palm reading, ever messed around with a Ouija board, ever did any of those things, today, whatever door was open, because of that, is going to close in Jesus' name. It's going to close in Jesus' name. It could have been when you were young. It could have been something that happened a long time ago. Even some of this other perversion stuff. The enemy brings stuff into your line of sight. I mean, men, how many of you know that, you know, the stuff, I know there's kids in here, but we get exposed to these things at the very youngest of age because the enemy has a plan to get us on something that is not of him. Fascination with false religions is another one that people, that you see in people who have this oppression. Attacks on your body, chronic repeated sickness, Talked about that spirit of infirmity for 18 years in the Bible it talks about. There's a deaf and dumb spirit. This sickness, this limitation caused by demonic forces. Compulsive behavior, violent rage, uncontrollable anger, trouble in your spirit. Another one, extreme restlessness in the spiritual environment. Hostility to those who are in the deliverance ministry uh, arena. And you can see that, and you know, when someone's praying for someone, and I've said you can even watch on YouTube, but you can see that when someone is just like they're totally un uneasy, they're they're not at rest here. Compulsion to abuse your body, hearing voices in your head that are not your own, and paranormal paranormal experiences, disappearing superhuman strength. Right, this guy's breaking chains. How many of you, if I wrapped you up in chains, we're going to be able to break open from those? Well, nobody, I hope. <laughs> right? <laughs> Come on. Right? So this is like this superhuman stuff. So what do we do? What do we do about all this? So if we, what if there's someone, and so I'm going to pray for all of us, but what if you know someone in your life, and you're like, Pastor Jason, this really seems to be like, people in my life I know are challenged with this. What do I go do? So here's what we go do. So here's how we prepare that person, and really how we, com how we prepare ourselves. Come on, church. Can we prepare ourselves for some time of ministry this morning as well. Number one, we have to confess our faith in Jesus. First and foremost, we have to confess our faith in Jesus. We must confess that Jesus Christ is our Lord and our Savior. If there's forgiveness that we need to forgive of somebody, 
Before we even begin to pray or minister for someone regarding this, it's highly suggested that we pray over this person and we begin to talk to them about forgiving others. Now, look, if, if you are in a situation where this person is completely possessed by a, by a, a demon, this is not the steps that you take. Okay, this person is not looking at you, they're not thinking about it. I'm talking about a person who seems to be oppressed by some issue. If they are possessed, this is like you just got to take it and take a name of, name of Jesus and take full authority over it. But this person needs to forgive others. The Bible says forgive and you will be forgiven. Yikes. Confessing the sin. Maybe there's something you know, you know what? I played with the Ouija board before. I've done this. I've got stuff in my house. I know my aunt or my uncle or something was into witchcraft and they told me about some of these things and they gave me this thing. I don't know, it's like in my room somewhere. Like, confess that yes, I do have that and I'm going to get rid of it. And it's got to go. And then repent. So don't just confess, but repent. We have to say like, you know what? I am not going to partake of these things any longer. And then we have to be in agreement. The person that we're praying for or praying with has to be in agreement saying, yes, I want this to be done in Jesus' name. So I encourage each of you here this morning, before I pray for each and every one of us, not individually, but as I pray as a church for you guys, confessing your faith in Jesus. Just take a moment. Just say, Lord, Jake, you want to come back up? Father, I confess my faith in you. Lord, I love you, Jesus. I give you my life. If you're here this morning and you have any unforgiveness towards someone, the Bible says, forgive so we can also be forgiven. I'd ask that you just begin to release that person and forgive them. If you're here this morning and some of these things were resonating even with you in your own life and you know there's been a sin in your life that you believe has been an open door, I ask you this morning, right now, even under your breath, to begin to confess that to the Lord. Confess the sin of being involved with something or an occult or whatever it might be. Renounce those practices. And I'd ask you this morning that before we pray that you would also repent and say, Lord, no longer am I going to mess around with some of this stuff or watch these shows or do these things allowing evil in my home and in my life any longer. With your head bowed and your eyes closed that you would just say, I, you know, Pastor Jason, I'm in agreement I don't want to be controlled by these things anymore, these forces that feel like they're coming against me constantly. I believe that the Lord will stop them as we rebuke them this morning in Jesus' name. Just keep your eyes closed and your head bowed this morning. We've taught before is the steps of taking the believer's authority or this. Is that we give thanks and we welcome him into the situation. 
So just begin to give him thanks and welcoming him into your life, into your situation, into your circumstance. If you want to raise your hand, that's okay. Just begin to worship him, saying, Lord, thank you. I trust you. I want your healing, your wholeness. We're going to declare this morning what is going to happen. And that's any evil demonic force that is coming against anyone that can hear my voice is going to go in the name of Jesus. It has no right to stay. It cannot be there any longer. And it has to go in Jesus' name. In a minute here, we are going to bind Satan and his evil spirits. And we're going to loose every one of us from any influence and control that the enemy might have. And we're going to do it in the name of Jesus. So, Father God, I just want each of us to be in agreement with this this morning. I don't want to rush this. I really want people's lives to change this morning. Father, we give you thanks. We give you thanks in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, we invite you here into this place this morning. We invite you in. We give you permission to do and to move in our hearts and in our lives. Move in this place this morning. Move in this place this morning. In the name of Jesus, Satan, I bind you and I tell you to go in the name of Jesus. We speak now to the spirit of laziness, impatience, self-hatred, pride, irritation, ambition, loneliness, despair, hopelessness, suicide, death, confusion, rejection, depression, misery, torment, torture, doubt, unbelief, greediness, guilt, shame, condemnation. We tell it to go in Jesus' name. Father, we tell every demon of an occult, whether it was tied to Ouija boards or sorcery, witchcraft, fortune telling, handwriting, hand reading, astrology, horoscopes, all of it, Easter religions, anything, Father, we tell it to go now in the name of Jesus. Demons of fear, fear of giving and receiving love, fear of death, fear of pain, fear of darkness, fear of crowds, fear of loss of salvation, fear of nightmares, of demon, of water, of drowning, of heights. We tell it all to go now in Jesus' name. Father, we speak to these demons uh, of anger demons, of wrath, of temper, 
contention, of fighting, of murder, of destruction, of malice, of envy, resentment, bitterness, jealousy, pride, hysteria, broken hearts, wounded spirits, unforgiveness, schizophrenia, paranoia, violence, outbursts. We tell it to go now in Jesus' name. We loose these people here today in Jesus' name. We bind up Satan. We tell him to go. He has to go. He cannot stay any longer. In the name of Jesus, we cast out profanity, blasphemy, filthy conversations, lying, exaggeration, gossip, slander, complaining, self-pity, criticism, mockery, foolishness, perversion. It says go in Jesus' name. Father, we pray against the spirit of addiction this morning, against gluttony, nicotine, alcohol, drugs, tobacco, speed, painkillers, cocaine, heroin, any drug that has been addicted to, we tell it no more in Jesus' name. Father, we speak to the spirit of lust and we tell it to go in Jesus' name. Guilt, shame, homosexuality, adultery, fornication, immorality, filth, rage, all of it, cruelty. In the name of Jesus, we tell it to go in Jesus' name. Father, we just speak against all of the religious spirits, pharisaical, pride, Treachery, self-righteousness, legalism, hypocrisy, bondage, slavery, performance, legalism, all of it. Go now in Jesus' name. Father, I break all the spirits in the name of Jesus. We bind them up of godless worship, of Babylon, of rebellion, towards you and we tell it to go in Jesus name Father we loose every person that can hear my voice this morning and any oppression infestation obsession or even possession we take authority the believer's authority In the name of Jesus. We bind those spirits up and we tell them to go. In Jesus' precious name. Just stay here with me in in an atmosphere of ministry. Um, so I, a couple years ago, I was a part of a dance studio and we did a dance that kind of, it really goes along with what dad has been saying. Um, and it's based on a true story of my dance teacher and I'm not sure if it was her son or her stepson, but he was seeing demons and hearing demons in his house and he would try to go to sleep And he would come crying to his mom saying, I can hear them coming. I can hear them coming after me. And he could hear them everywhere. And it was terrifying, this kid. 
And my dance teacher was terrified. I mean, there were demons in her house that were attacking her child. And she, one night she was having a dream that they started coming after her and she spoke the name of Jesus. And when she spoke the name of Jesus, there was an angel who came and who protected her. And she spoke the name of Jesus over her house and over her kid. And that kid never heard the demons again. And in this dance that we did that was a part of it, the whole first part, the dancers who were representing the demons were chasing the kid around, the, the boy who was playing the kid. And they were chasing him around, and they were tormenting him, throwing him around, pushing him around. And the person playing the mom just said, Jesus. And out came, it was my sister, out came an angel being held high by this really massive man. And she was held up high and she had her wings out and that angel came. And at the very end, she was lifted up again and all of the demons fell down. And that's what the name of Jesus does. In the name of Jesus, the demons have no choice. They have no choice. Even if you have to fight them, they have no choice but to fall at the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God is so good. Guys, I would encourage you. Actually, I would encourage you to go back and even listen to this message again. Even this week at home, we'll get it posted on Spotify and all the places on our, on our website. But I don't know if it was six, eight months ago or so, I really felt, and I don't even remember specifically what it was, but I just was feeling this oppression. I was feeling this oppression. And I began, I watched a video, and I was like, whatever this is has to go in Jesus' name. And as I watched the video, it was just a minister, and they were praying just like I did this morning. And I felt something physically on the inside of me. And I began to cough. And I just began to cough. It was something I just, I couldn't stop coughing. And I began to cough. And I went to the bathroom and I just spit something out. It wasn't like gross or anything. I just spit. I just spit. Sorry. I spit. That's, I spit in the bathroom. That's where people spit, okay? Normally. And I, I just was, this was something that was on me. I was like, no, in the name of Jesus, it has to go. It cannot stay any longer. And I just began to cough. And I would encourage you, if you're at home this week and you just feel like, you know what, I just want to, I am going to say no. You feel that oppression coming, you begin to pray and in the name of Jesus. And if you feel like you start coughing, don't be like, wow, this is really weird. It's not weird. It has to come out. Sometimes they just go, sometimes they come out violently, sometimes they come out in all kinds of different ways. But don't be afraid of it, because you have authority over it in the name of Jesus. And if you begin to cough like I did, just go in the bathroom and spit it up. Say, in the name of Jesus, whatever was in there, whatever was trying to oppress me, is now gone in Jesus' name. I'm going to close with this this morning. Why don't you stand to your feet with me? Best thing we can do after a time of ministry 
to Jesus does his work is to just praise him. Amen? Can we just praise him for a moment? Father, we thank you. Just glorify him this morning. I believe there are people in here that have been set free this morning. Whether you feel it or sense it in your body, anything different physically, I believe you have been set free in the name of Jesus. And just worship him this morning. Thank him for what he's doing in your lives. Just receive his mercy, his grace, his cleansing, washing you white as snow this morning. No condemnation for things you've done in the past. That all has to go in Jesus' name. So as I close out each service, just continue to worship him. I'm going to read this over our lives here today. Satan, in the name of Jesus, I bind you. For it is written, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And because you are bound, Satan, you and all your demonic forces may not come against us, may not come against this church, may not come against these families, may not come against our finances, our relationships, any area of our life. Satan, you are bound away from us and our families. We are covered and cleansed with the blood of Jesus. You may not steal, you may not kill, you may not destroy us or our property in Jesus' name. And I remind you, Satan, you are defeated. You are defeated. You are defeated, Satan. And that we are victorious in Jesus' name. Give him praise this morning. Hallelujah, Lord. Praise your holy name. We worship you, Lord. We are set free. We are free. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom this morning. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom this morning. Thank you, Jesus. We worship you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. We give you all the honor and the praise and the glory. In your precious name, we pray. Amen? Amen. We're going to have some prayer teams up here. If you would like continued prayer for something in your life, uh, maybe about this message, maybe you've never made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, maybe you're just sensing and feeling this anxiety, these people will pray with you this morning. They will just be in agreement with anything that you want them to be in agreement with, as long as it's based on the Word of God and in alignment with the Word of God, they will pray for you this morning. So let me read this uh, benediction before you are dismissed. Now to him, church, now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and able to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy, to God our Savior who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen? And amen. You are dismissed, but come on up if you would like some additional prayer.